A good Nerev Shabbos to all of you. I very much miss learning with all of you, Ponim al Ponim, directly seeing each other, being able to give Sholem, being able to be Mishtadif in the Simchis. So, Anit Filosi Lucha Hashem is saying that we should be Zoichetaka Bimheira to those types of connections. At the same time, I've been thinking the last couple of months, the Chazde Hashem, of the technology that we have today. Imagine being this cut off without having even this ability, minute by minute, to connect to each other. It's a special Chazde Shemayim. There are two ideas that I would like to share with you connecting to our parasha. The parasha begins Bahal Sinai, the famous Bahal Sinai. And that is the introduction to the mitzvah of Shemitah and Yovel. Bahal Sinai. Famous Rashi has a question. My Indian Shemitah Etzel Al Sinai. Meaning, what is special? Haloi Kola Terakula. Everything is Sinai. What's special about Shemitah? Rashi goes on to say that Shemitah, in fact, is unique. Rashi says that Shemitah is here for a reason, it's been isolated for a reason. And it's coming to tell you just like Shemitah was Nemra, Koloiseyen, Protoiseyen, Misinai, so too the entire Torah. Koloiseyen, Protoiseyen, Nemru, Misinai. That's, that's the Chazal, that's the Torah's Kahanim, that's the Chazal that Rashi shares with us in the beginning of the Pausch. That Shemitah, in fact, was isolated and was identified separately, but really for the purpose to be inclusive and to teach us that the entire Torah was said to Sinai. The obvious question is twofold. We haven't answered our question. Our question was, why was Sinai isolated? We didn't answer that question. We didn't answer why Sinai was isolated. We said that now that it's isolated, this is the lesson. For that matter, any mitzvah could have been isolated. That's number one. Number two, wouldn't have been more inclusive for us to have a pasuk in the Torah that says that kol really an all-inclusive pasuk. Instead, one can arguably say that out of ignorance, one would almost conclude the other way, that there's something different about Shemitah, that it was Nehmer Misinai. Doesn't sound like we're trying to create an umbrella. So what is the, what's the message here? So that's the obvious question. Now again, there's so many different angles to get around and how to answer this question. I shared with the boys this week, the Talmud Yeshiva, an idea. 
that I'm going to mention now as well, even though that's not the main theme I wanted to discuss. The theme, as you all know, I've been working on our Benodom HaChaveroi these weeks, these months. But there's one Benodom Lomoko message that I also feel is very timely. So I'm going to share it with all of you. One of the hidden elements of Shemitah, there's the obvious element of Shemitah. The obvious element of Shemitah is that it's a Zechel Amayi as the Sefer Achinuch says. That we, we farm our land, and even in our farming, we make a remembrance for Amayi We make a Zechel for Amayi And each year is parallel to one of the days of Amayi That's one obvious message of Shemitah. But there's another message. This is found in the Chidor, and this is something I think connects to our Zman. The Chidor writes that Chazal, even in the time of Chazal, and even the Loim de Torah, that this was their primary involvement was in Torah. There were two months a year that Chazal tell us that they weren't there. Today we call it Ben Azmanim. They went home, there was, there was work to be done. And the Gemara even says, you know, I don't have to see you, the Rabbeim said. That was the time that they were busy with their Parnosa. So, the question is, how do you make up for that time? That's what the Chido says. So the Torah introduces a Shemitah. Every six years you took off Two months per year. So every six years you need a year to make up. So we we exclusify one year and make it pure. Beautiful idea. But there's some challenge, there's a mathematical challenge with this chido. Because how does Shemitah become a make-up year when in fact, A, you can't make up time. But B, all Shemitah is, is a year that doesn't have those two months off. So Shemitah theoretically doesn't need a make-up year. It doesn't need a make-up time. It doesn't need make-up months. Because it's wholesome. But how in the world does it... Mashlim, how does it pay back? How does it substitute the, the time that was missed? If we're missing a year of time over the six years, how does it pay it back? And I think the answer is that it doesn't. Because mathematically speaking, those two months a year that a person took off can't be made up. The time can't be made up. And if there's new time now, that time has to be filled on its own. So that can't be made up. So what can be done? So I would suggest that even going with the Chidah's approach, you don't really have to make up those months because they were blemished, because you did something wrong, they were they were sinful months that you were mavatal to you weren't. The Torah tells you you didn't do anything wrong. You don't really need a makeup here. But what you are missing is wholesome Torah. You're missing that shlemus 
that wholesome feeling where there is no distraction. Ruchnius, mitzvahs, without a distraction, are different mitzvahs. You all know, whether it's learning a Gemara, whether it's doing chesed, whether it's dealing with another human being, you know that when you're interrupted, even if you get back to the person and you help them or you continue doing the mitzvah, the mitzvah is broken. The mitzvah is somewhat fractured. So the experience of pure Torah and mitzvahs is something we don't have the other years. The other years of the Shemitah were lacking in that Nakuda. Come Shemitah year and says, here's a year that's going to be Lashem. It will recharge your spiritual system. And that's the concept of Shemitah. That's a concept within Shemitah. Perhaps we can say that although Shemitah, of course, has in all its glory this idea, where you're living a year in that atmosphere, with that feeling, true. But every mitzvah that you do, you have to try to the best of your ability to elevate it. To elevate it to a Shemitah mitzvah. That's what we're going to call it today. We're launching a Shemitah campaign. And the Shemitah campaign is that every mitzvah that one does to the best of their ability, while they are doing that mitzvah, from the beginning until the end, they should try to make it a Shemitah mitzvah where nothing else exists but that mitzvah. If you're talking and helping another human being, only they exist. Only they exist. If you're learning a blat gemariah by a shir, only that exists. Shut down the distractions. Perhaps that is the key ingredient for all aliyah in Torah. To steig, to grow in learning and mitzvahs and being better. The key ingredient is the focus and the fact that you're living and experiencing that mitzvah in totality. That's the Shemitah. Kol just like when we were standing on Mount Sinai, we were isolated. We were on a different planet. We weren't looking into our phones to see what's going on. We weren't getting texts. We weren't sending texts. We were under the spell of Mount Sinai. And that's what Shemitah is. Shemitah is a year where everything gets shut down. Farming the land, that's everything they did. That was their occupation. So I feel that over the last couple of months, and obviously we have to take everything that we had the last couple of months and somehow focus it and turn it into something positive. I think we all saw how we could do certain things without distraction. It's a different matrega. It's a different matrega. I was telling somebody recently, you know, he was asking me a question and we were trying to work something out and I said, you know what, I'll know by supper. There's something I never was able to say, I'll know by supper. <laughs> supper? What supper? Do we don't have family suppers. If the Rebetzin and I eat together, that's, a, that's already a madrege. That doesn't either happen regularly. But that's something we strive to do. But that my children should eat with me? That we should sit together for 20 minutes or 25 minutes and actually schmooze together and share 
What's going on? That's well, a like That's a beautiful thing. So there was a certain family dynamic that we've experienced now that we normally don't have. And part of that dynamic was elevated by the fact that things were shut down. They called in New York, the state law was called pause. Okay? So that's the pause law. So I'm telling you that the pause is something we can take with us even as we open up. And let's try to be mark of that into everything we do. Everything good that we do should be that way. We should shut down the distractions, focus on what we're doing, and live it. Live it. Whether it's the mishpacha, toyla, chesed, maizim, toyvim, just take it all in. Okay, now getting to our main message. The main message I wanted to share today, actually, is another answer to this question of why Sinai was isolated. And uh, I shouldn't say Sinai, Shemitah was isolated to Sinai. And also, it's going to answer the Hemshech of the parasha, the continuation of the parasha. And I'm going to share with you as an attachment a beautiful story, a short story that happened by Ravaren Leib Steinemann Zechet Tzadik which connects to this as well. Because as we go on in the parasha, after we go through Shemitah and Yovel, the Torah then moves on to selling property, selling uh, evidivri, other sales. And it talks about being honest and truthful and calculated, not hurting another human being financially or even on Nas Dvarim, like the Gemara says, even the way you talk to somebody. So many of the Achorinim ask, what is the connection between this, the beginning of the parasha, which is halachas of Shemitah and Yovel, which really is not between man and man? And all of a sudden we're going into this Oinor, which is being honest in business, proper calculations, you know, prices being adjusted properly. So how do we connect that? So again, there's a simple connection, which many say that. When you sold land in Eretz Yisrael, there were, there were times that you could redeem the land back. There was cheshboinus, calculations, and all of that had to take the calculus of, calculus of Shemitah and Yevil. Because Yevil, all property went back. So the redemption and all the other things that they worked with the property had to absorb Shemitah and Yevil. So therefore there's some loose connection between transactions, especially land transactions, and Shemitah Beef. But I think there's something deeper here. The Gemara comes in Mesechah's Kedushim, Tafchof. And it's a scary Gemara. The Gemara threads together the, what's brought down in our parish. I'm going to read you a little section of the Gemara. The Gemara says, Omar Abyeisi Brab Look how stringent, even which means like a, a, a non-essential part of Shemitah. Shemitah, the, the root and the central theme of Shemitah is your work with the land, not selling perish selling the crop. That's not the essence of the mitzvah. Still in all, the Torah, Adam noisy, noisy, If somebody will go 
and do business with Perishvites, Lesoif Moicheres Metaltal, he'll have to sell. He will have to start liquidating. Now, people don't liquidate their properties. They'll sell their stamp collection, right? They'll sell some extra furniture. They'll sell an extra car. Properties are more dear. So the Gemara explains. First, you'll sell your, uh, just your, you know, uh, your stamp collections. Shanemal, as it says, you know, v'chisimko uh, mimka. And then it says, Lesoif, if that doesn't, you know, he doesn't do tshuva, he's going to sell his property. Rachman if he continues. And then the Gemara says, if he didn't learn, Rachman the Gemara continues. He'll end up having to sell Nebuch his house. And it gets worse. Oma. He sells his daughter for an Oma, a maid. He has to sell himself. There's no, it's a bottomless pit, Nebuch. A person who doesn't learn how they continue to be nizdarder, how they continue to be destructive, self-destructive. This is the mahalach of how the Gemara sees what's going on in our parish. So it's not just a bunch of issues, halachic issues that the Torah is throwing at you. The Torah is throwing at you a chas a potential negative process. But there's something deeper within that process. And here's the lesson. And it goes back to the Ksav Sefer as well. The lesson is as follows. Rav Nochem Bernstein, a mash, famous mashgiach in Eretz Yisrael, a mashpia ruchni, in the yeshiva Goin Yaakov, a famous yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. He's a big mashpia, has a lot of influence with yeshiva bachram. He's also uh, dabbles in kiruf. I don't like to use the phrase dabbles, but that's not his main activity. But whenever he can, he's involved in Kiruf, helping Bali Tshuva. He's a Talmud Muvik of Rashtainim and Zechatzadik Levroch. So from time to time, he'll bring one of his people that he's being Makarov or helping in Kiruf, he'll bring them into Rashtainim or Bantari, Shiva Bach, who's going through a struggle. Anyway, he records the following event. He says, I went to Rav Steinemann with a Baal wonderful fellow, but he had one Navera that he's just having a big struggle giving it up. And it meant so much to him because he was a real committed, firm person. And it bothered him tremendously that he was struggling with this Avera. And he would, he would fix it, and then it would come back. He would fix it, and it would come back. He didn't have consistency. So, Rev Bornstein said, you know what, I'm going to bring you into Rev Steinemann. And we'll tell him. The person was embarrassed. He heard of Rev Steinemann. He said, I don't need to un, 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 undress myself and unveil my imperfections in front of the God Lador. Can't we go to somebody else? Rav Nachum told him, listen, this is the best place for you to go. This is the, this is the Lishka Sagosis. Go there. Anyway, they walk in. And Rav Nachum explains 
to Ravaran Leib, what this person is going through, and all the progress that they've made in their lives. When he finishes, he says, Rav Steinemann got up, he was 95 years old at the time, got up, he went over to this man and he hugged him. And he said, We have to be jealous from you. You're amazing. The changes you made in your life. And even this one Avera that you're struggling with. You're conquering the Yitzhahara time and time again. How many of us? And he looks around, looking at Rav Nachum, he says, How many of us? struggle with a particular Yetzirah and we keep on winning. Note, Rav Steinemann put the stress on you keep on winning, not you keep on losing. He came in presenting his failures. Rav Steinemann took the same set of facts that he presented to him. And he said, I am spoiled from you. I am so impressed. I'm blown away by your successes. A couple of months later, Avnachem brings the person back and he says, Rebbe, he already feels Hamish by Rav Steinemann. He says, I want you to know I've improved. I'm still struggling. And again, they go through a similar experience. And this played itself out until the man came to Rav Steinemann with tears in his eyes. He said, Rebbe, you saved me. I've eradicated the issue completely. What do you see from the story? You see that even if a person is sinning, even if a person is doing a chet, and the chet is something that really needs tikkun, and they know they're doing the aver. Our job is not to capitalize on their weaknesses, but it's to the best of our ability even if we're trying to help them through this difficult kufa, it's to raise them up. Now let's go to the Ksav Seif and then we'll get back to this. The Ksav Seif brings a beautiful pshat. He asks the same question, why how Sinai? What's Sinai doing here? Shmita, the Ksav Seif says the following. He brings down the Gemara and Shabbos, famous Gemara, Daflamet Aleph, where you have the convert, you have the ger who wanted to convert and he came and he said, teach me the whole Torah on one foot. He came to Shammai. Shammai told him, what are you doing? You're a fool. Who can ask for such a foolish request? You want to learn the entire Torah on one foot? Dochai. Can't help you. The same convert comes in front of Hillel with the same condition. Teach me the whole Torah on one foot. Hill's Makagava. Hill tells him, Vahavta just embrace everything will be okay. The rest of it is just an interpretation. Many questions on the Gemara, but the, the, the key question is, what in the world did the convert want? I mean, if he was a fool and he was asking to learn this entire Torah, this entire Torah, you know, I have people come into my office sometimes. Non-religious. And for whatever reason, and they'll look around, they'll go, Rabbi, is there anybody who studied all of these books? There's thousands of books. So I always tell them, this is tip of the iceberg. 
I tell them our goinim, the vilnegoyim, the ragechovel, the kadmonim. This is nothing. This is a, a tipa shebiyam of what they learned. It's a little, it's a kleine, it's a gonist. Which fool is coming to Hillel Shammai and saying, teach me the entire Torah on one foot, convert me, and I should have the whole Torah on one foot? Comes the Ksav and he says, the ger was no fool. The ger was educated. The ger would have never asked for such a foolish request to learn the entire Torah. I mean, who in the academic world Mahavdal would take any area of academics that has any understanding of that field and say, teach me that on one foot? One particular area of academics. Let it be psychology. Let it be law. Who? Who would think such a thing? Says the Ksav Seifer, the Ger knew everything. He knew. He knew there's a big Torah. But he knew. He did his research. There are mitzvahs that you can't do. Or Yisrael can't do a mitzvah of a koyen. Somebody out of El Yisrael can't necessarily do mitzvah of a A man can't do certain mitzvahs that only a woman can have. A woman can't do mitzvahs that only a man can have. So how, how does one embrace the entire Torah in a practical way and keep the mitzvahs? He said, that's what I mean on one foot as one person. The chassidim actually say, similar to the chassidim, they even say, al-regal achas means coming down to the world once. Regal could mean also a time. So the ger was saying, it seems that the only way, if you come back as a koyan, you come back as a levi, you come back as a yisrael, you come back as a woman, you come back, then you can keep the entire Torah. But how could you be al-regal achas? Says the Ksav Seifer, Hillel told the Ger a very important point, a lesson for Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael have the ability to unite as one, and then we all have each other's chusim. The Koyan has the chusim of the Yisrael, the Yisrael has the chusim of the Koyan, the Ish has the chusim of the Ish, the Ish has the chusim of the Yisrael, the Ish, the Isha. We all become one, Sepizura Yisrael. That's why it says the Ksav Seif, Vayichan Shom Yisrael Negedahar, in order for us to accept the Holy Torah, we have to be one. Because it's only with oneness that we can accept the entire Torah. No individual Jew can accept the entire Torah. Can't accept that responsibility because it's not even in their power. Somebody comes with a $100,000 loan, they ask you to be a cosigner. It's a mitzvah of chesed to help a person get a loan. But if you only have $50,000 in the bank, not only is it not a chesed, you're not allowed to do it al pidin. You can't cosign a loan that you know you can't pay back. You have to, in good conscience. Honestly, cosign means I'm accepting. You have to get somebody else to join you. You can have four people cosigning together. Each, each of them has $25,000. They could do it. Then it's a mitzvah. Says the Ksav Seifer, we can only accept the Torah if we're in one. As one, we can take this whole Torah. Moves the Ksav Seifer on and he says, the Torah commands us that we should not work Shemitah. By not working Shemitah at all, we become dependent for three years on one year's worth of crop. As the Pasuk says, V'tzivisi es 
Because the sixth year's crop got to last for the sixth, seventh, and eighth. You could imagine during the eighth year when you're sitting there and your property is dormant. No productivity. We can understand today what no productivity means. You're talking about a shutdown. Shemitah is a shutdown of the economy. Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter who you are. Shutdown. Completely. And you're sitting there watching your produce dwindle. And what do you do? Your mafkir. You open your field to everybody. Anybody can come and take. Says the Ksav that is the spitz. That is the ultimate for Haftalariach HaKamoycha. What an unbelievable point he's bringing out. So Shemitah facilitates the whole Torah because that's the characteristic that the Jew has to have. The oneness of Klal Yisrael. Which you could preach about it and you could talk about it and you could learn about it. But Shemitah, you're living it. Shemitah, you're living as one people. As one Mishpocha. And in that level, the whole Torah is what Christian say. This is how we have the entire Torah. Through the Midah of Shemitah. Rav Steinemann understood. Just like when you talk to yourself. And when you're trying a healthy person. Any healthy person. That tries to strengthen themselves. Part of that process is to focus on the positivity. Part of that is to focus on the positivity. Anything, even something as mundane as losing weight. People have ups and downs. Sometimes they have this, especially even you have a yomt, if you have a chashchedesh, you have a chasnet, please, Mitzvah. There's so many, so many times everybody's been going on a diet tomorrow. The focus is to look at the positive. The person lost 20 pounds and then they gained a couple of pounds. They say, okay, but I lost, I lost, I lost weight. So let me go weiter, right let me lose more. Everything in life is that way. You want to motivate yourself to accomplish. You have to focus on what you what you can accomplish and what you did accomplish. It's only when we're talking to somebody else. There we see their deficiencies. There we see their deficiencies. And there we can focus on deficiencies. And we can fall into a trap. Rahman al-Wutslan. Of focusing on the other person's negativity without seeing the positive. Rav Steinemann, the Goyen and the Tzaddik that he was, the Oy of Yisrael that he was, the Jew in his sinful state, it must have been a significant Avera that he was dealing with. And Rav Steinemann is telling him, I am jealous of your accomplishment. Yes, you have to fix the rest of it. But I'm jealous of your accomplishment. He brought out the positivity in that state. The Gemara and Kedushin is telling us, that we're dealing here with a Jew that has got dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. And that Jew, the Torah tells us, when you do business with them, be very careful not to hurt them. Your mind may play games with you. This is a Jew. He already, he already didn't learn from his lesson. He's getting lower and lower. He's selling himself as a base of a desert at the end of the day. The guy is terrible. I don't have to worry about him. No. That Jew, that's dwindling, 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 don't hurt him. 
Don't hurt him financially. Don't hurt him verbally. And that is brought right here after Shemitah. Because Shemitah taught us that Klal Yisrael have to be one. And the oneness of Klal Yisrael is a condition of us being the Am Hashem, the Am And in that vein, in that focus, accepting that as our, our, our Yud Gimel Ikrim, as a fundamental, foundational element of being a Jew, now we can tell you that even that Jew that is dwindled and dwindled and dwindled and not learned this lesson, you still have to take care of. You still have to be careful not to hurt him. And that is Makasher, the beginning and as we continue in the parish. My friends, we should all be Zeichen to embrace these qualities that we could learn from the parasha. And biyachad, atem v'chol mishpachtechem v'chol anilvim lochem v'chol beis Yisrael should only hear good things and besurus tevis.